Good afternoon, everyone out there in our Cats Chat pod. Well, thank you for joining us live stream as we are connecting on now. Uh, of course, Mark, it's good to see your faces always. How you doing, well, sir? I'm doing all right, man. Just trying to get through another work week teaching that algebra, you know. Oh, man. Algebra 1 or Algebra 2? Algebra 1. Algebra 1. Okay, I liked Algebra 1. I had Mr. Dick and Coverland for Algebra 2 with Geometry with Mr. Longworth, so... You know how that would have been. So, but I was actually glad I had them at the same time because they kind of worked together with the sine, cosine, and tangent. Listen, I still to this day remember sine, cosine, and tangent thanks to Walter Dick, man. Oh, yeah. Just the way he, oh, 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 I mean, it just won't go away. It won't get out of my head. And, you know, I still like when I'm tutoring kids for ACT and stuff, I said, I know they teach you other ways now, but I'm telling you, this is the way I've remembered it to this day. It's kind of funny you bring up Longworth. He, He comes in my classroom now through Gear Up. So, Oh, well, don't don't ask anything about how good of a student I was. I already know that answer. I don't, I don't yes, have to. Uh, about failed his class, and he finally pulled me to the side and said, listen, I see you back there teaching all the other kids while I'm up front. You just got to turn in the paper. Like, you know it. You just don't do the homework. And, I've know, heard him say the same thing to kids in my class. Yeah. I appreciate him other than him, him being a Steelers fan, but that's all right. That's a different story. <laughs> But guys, we got a lot to get going on. We got a special guest coming on. Mark, I would ask you to introduce so I can do the camera, but I probably better for me to do it, I guess. Or do you, can you do yeah. an intro? You can go ahead. It's fine. Okay. Let me see if I can get the camera pulled up. Uh, let's see here. We've got a wonderful guest coming on with this episode today. One of my pals from back in the old ALC era, back in like 2005 through 2009, eight, somewhere around there. But uh, th- this gentleman played basketball at Alice Willie College, actually me on back on up, uh, started out in the mountains, I think at Betsy Lane in high school, and then went on to play at Alice Lloyd College. And then he actually went on to UK with the Alice Lloyd scholarships that they do for grad to work under Calipari at Kentucky for a couple of years, I think, uh, then moved on up to a different position there with Kentucky. And now he is the head coach at Moorhead State. It is Preston Sprawling. Oh, ooh, you're clicking him on too, Mark. Thank you. Look at you helping. I got out. you. I got the camera. Yes. How are we doing today, coach? Hey, doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. We awesome. appreciate you coming on, man. So uh, let's reminisce a little bit, all right? So let's, let's let's go back to the high school days. What what was you known for on that court? I know, but I just want to hear you brag about yourself a little bit. Oh, well, I was known as the uh, the, the really slow guy that could really shoot it, and uh, that, that was about it, you know. Didn't play much defense and uh, didn't pass it a whole lot, but uh, scored a few baskets and uh, played down at, at Betsy Lane and Really enjoyed my time, and that took me over to, to where you and I met up over at Alice Lloyd and had a great experience over there and got very humbled, you know, uh, as a high school player, you know, trying to make the jump to college. And I um, uh, knew that I always wanted to to coach and uh, being part of a college team and getting to work camps and things like that during the summers all over the country really, you know, got my, my dream going to know that that's exactly what I wanted to do was uh, to try to become a college basketball coach and it's it all started there at betsy lane awesome awesome of course you know he's not lying hi wife thanks for getting in the comments of course uh he's not lying when he talks about being able to shoot like it was knocked down if he caught it on the on the wing at all it's just you know you at least knew it was fired up for sure like it was going in the air <laughs> and going in is a different thing like i always hate uh, i hear people say man i can't shoot and i always stop I'm like yeah you can everybody could shoot just it may not go in or it may does so <laughs> yeah 
everyone's shooter. Uh, of course, Jared's already getting in the comments. Well, 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 Jared, we know we're going to talk Kentucky, Tennessee with you. Unfortunately, we're trying our best not to. You're much. You're the biggest hater of Kentucky sports, but are our number one fans at the same time. But uh, went on. I think you were. I don't know why. I'm just. I'm eight. Mark makes fun of me because my ADHD here. But you were number four in college, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was my jersey. I, I don't know why. That just popped in my head, number four. But uh, he was a, a gunslinger for sure. Uh, he wasn't lying about that defense. You know, it's it was optionable for him, I think. But uh, it happens. But, you know, you had a great career. Uh, you know, you had a couple injuries too, a knee injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, had some of those going on. And so, you know, all that stuff just been, uh, you know, great experience to, to take into coaching and, um, you know, got players who deal with injuries and, and all those different things as well. And so, um, yeah, it's it, all that really just provided a great experience for me. You know, while Preston was, you know, on the team, you know, f- playing for Allisley College, I was in the auxiliary gym living the dream of, you know, passing all these, you know, no looks and all this stuff. And, you know, if, if coach would have put me in, we took state, you know, kind of one of those. <laughs> yeah. So humble. Absolutely. Uh oh. The you get, the better you I were. Think we lost. Things, right? Oh, there he is. <laughs> there you go. We didn't hear you. What'd you say? It's always, the, you know, the, the older you get, the better you were, right? That's how the legend yeah. continues to grow every yeah, year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's go back. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, if you don't care, talk about your stint, at least from the, the college level coming out of Alice Lloyd and, and working a little bit with Kentucky, just how that might have been an eye opener for you and what led you in. Of course, you know, like you said, uh, you were always the uh, the coach on the court, really. You could kind of tell what was going on back at even at your Alice Lloyd. I, you could totally understand the person who knew everything going on. Coaching is in your blood, we could tell. So how, how was Kentucky for you as far as preparing you for that? Well, you know, it was unbelievable. You know, I grew up a Kentucky fan just like you guys, so I got a chance to, to be there. And um, You know, you had to kind of put the fandom away and, and – uh, you know, not get starstruck every day when you're seeing, you know, the different players and coaches and things like that. But, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. It was it was really humbling at the beginning because I think from the outside looking in, you think you know what coaching is, um, especially as a player. You know, you think that it's all on the court and working players out and, and all those types of things. And I found out pretty quickly when I wasn't allowed to do those things that there's a lot of stuff that goes into coaching. Um, you know, I – I was unbelievably bad at technology. I could not even hook up a VCR. I was I was lucky to be able to send an email. That's the truth. And um, you know, part of your job when you're a grad assistant at that level is you you have to learn how to do video, and you learn how important that is. And so I had to spend a lot of hours, um, you know, really training with the with the people who knew what they were doing, uh, just to become you know proficient or. You know, to where I could actually do my job with the video stuff before you even learn what you're watching, how to break things down, what you're looking for. But those things, when I first got there, um, I, I had one or two very small jobs. But, you know, you, just like being at Alice Lloyd, you know, you learn to work. And, um, you know, I was the first person there and the last to leave many, many nights. And so there was a lot of uh, jobs that, you know, other people didn't want to do or maybe they didn't do a great job with. And oftentimes that stuff would fall to me. And, um, you know, my responsibilities grew and so did my experience and so did my, um, you know, just the, the role that I had. And, um, you know, so it was it was a terrific experience to get to do that. You get to see the game from a, a totally different side, obviously learning from a Hall of Fame coach and um, one of the best staffs in the country and 
uh, learned how to scout. You know, scouting became a, a big part of my role in my five years there, and that's been a big part of, uh, you know, my role when I became an assistant at Moorhead and uh, training my coaches how we like to do that. And it's been a big reason why we have success here is how I learned all that, you know, in my early years uh, with the staff there at Kentucky. Awesome. Uh, go ahead, Mark. You got something? Uh, no, I was just saying that's awesome. Just you know, okay. just, I think a lot of people don't realize how much coaches actually put in. You know, they think, oh, they show up and coach. I don't think they realize the hours you guys spend just like studying players, uh, maybe recruits, looking at film of teams you're getting ready to face. I mean, you guys spend countless hours doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the actual what you guys see on TV, a two-hour game. Um, and, and being on the court, you know, that's a it's probably 20 percent of the job. You know, I would say that just basketball itself is probably only about 35 percent of the job, you know, especially, you know, when you're when you're in Division One athletics, you're in, you're a head coach or an assistant coach. You've got a lot of other responsibilities. You know, there's the academic side. There's the, um, you know, fundraising. It's um, it, 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 the list goes on and on, obviously the recruiting and all those types of things. And so you've got to kind of approach it. Like, uh, each one of those things are obviously very important, you know, to your program and to your success. But at the end of the day, when you get to get on that court for a couple hours every day, or you, or the opportunity to build up to coach that game for a couple of hours, that's really your reward. That's what you're looking forward to. And that's the, where you get an opportunity, you know, to showcase the, all the work that you've been putting in and, and kind of build towards that, that finished product. And so uh, there's a lot, you know, there's um, a lot that goes into it, you know, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, this time of year, you're, you're evaluating your own team, you're, you're, you're breaking up film, you're teaching your guys, showing them in film sessions and, um, you know, putting together practice plans and all those things. And all the while you're watching film and uh, scouting, you, you know, your opponents and putting together plans as to how you're going to guard them and attack their defense. And so, there's a lot of layers to it, but at the same time, you, you still got, you know, a team full of guys that are chasing the degrees and you're helping them grow as men. And that's, a, that's something that never stops. You're, you're constantly working on all of those things, um, you know, while you're preparing your team for those two games that the fans get to see. So there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, you know, if you love it, it's, it's very rewarding. How's it on the, the family side? Cause you know, I I've met Misty at Alice Lee college as well. We were a wonderful pair at volleyball and coach Adams PE class at nine o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, she had some athletic abilities as well, of course, growing up. Does that uh, help you guys as far as, you know, staying close together with everyone with your kids as well? Like, how's it been as a coach and, and a family side of it too? Well, it's been great. Um, you know, so much of it's got, uh, you know, everything to do with being here at a great place like Moorhead where, you know, this is a great community to raise your family. And, um, you know, it's a small town, as you guys know. And so there's a lot of convenience. You can be from uh, from work to home or work to, uh, you know, see your kids play in sports, you know, pretty quickly. And so we don't miss a whole lot. You know, the pace of, of, of uh, life is really good here. Uh, our son is 11 and he plays basketball. He's playing middle school basketball right now. He'll start AAU or travel basketball here pretty soon. He's already started some uh, travel baseball practice. So he's, he's into all of that. Um, our daughter is six. She's doing gymnastics. And of course they, um, you know, run around all over the place with us going to games and uh, they travel when they can. And when we get to the postseason here in the next few weeks, they'll certainly go to the OBC tournament and hopefully beyond, you know, should we advance and move on to the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, all of that's very much a part of the experience of uh, that they get to have of, 
of being a coach's kid. And, uh, of course, Misty's right there along for the ride of all of it. And, um, you know, she and I have been together almost 20 years now. And, um, so it's, it's, it's been a really fun ride and, uh, you know, she's, she's been a big part of just making sure that, you know, I stay on track to, uh, continue to push forward and, and stay grounded on what's most important. Does she do some of the scouting for you too? Like, honey, you, you need to watch this guy. No, she doesn't, she, she doesn't do a lot of the scouting. She usually does the critiquing of the officials for me though. Oh, she's pretty, I got you. yeah, she, she's pretty tough on the officials in the stands and, uh, and all those types of things. But no, she's, she's a, a diehard passionate fan, you know, just this last week, um, you know, she went um, on the, the trip with us. We played down in Nashville at Tennessee state on Thursday. And then Saturday we were at Tennessee tech. And so she went on that trip with us and uh, Friday in between games after practice, the staff and I, we went recruiting uh, to go see a couple kids there in, in Nashville on our way uh, to, to Tennessee Tech, and so she went with us, and so she got a, a taste of what it's like to, you know, be in our staff meetings, watching film, putting together a practice plan, driving in the car, talking about recruits, talking about our players, going to a high school game, talking to their parents, all those types of things, and then, you know, rolling in the hotel at 1130 at night just to get up and play an early game the next day. So uh, she's very much along for the ride and, and certainly, uh, you know, a big part of it. That's awesome. All right, so now we're at Moorhead, obviously. Uh, we've we've kind of talked all the way up to there anyways. Uh, two years, I think you said, as an assistant coach before you took over as the head coach, correct? Yep. So tell us about that transition from being the game guy, the, the film guy at UK, to now being the top dog, running your own program, and having it the way that you have it. Tell us about the difficulties or, or the growing pains that you had on that way. Yeah, there was, you know, a lot of different things. Um, you know, I got to do so much when I was at Kentucky um, that, that prepared me to get here. The only thing that I really didn't get to do uh, was go on the road and recruit, you know, and, and go and uh, go to AU events in the summers and different things like that. You know, I was a part of the recruiting when it took place on campus, um, which was important. Um, and so that was, you know, something new for me, having to go out and find players when I became an assistant here and, uh, really making connections and building relationships with coaches at the high school, junior college level, and all those types of things. And um, but it was good, you know. We 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 were able to go out and um, evaluate players and sign some really good ones. And um, you know, I had a great experience as an assistant coach working here for Sean. And um, and then into the you know we had a lot of success in the in the two and a half years that I worked for him. And then you know took over as the interim coach and. Um, you know that was a great experience. It was it was stressful, uh, but at the same time, you know we we were able to figure it out and um, and have a great year. You know the year that I took over, four games into the season, I was the interim coach, and um, you know when I first took over, there was just a lot of stuff going on in our program that we had to figure out. We lost eight games in a row, uh, but then we we made some adjustments and uh, figured out how we needed to play with that team and motivate them, and we ended up finishing second in the OVC. Uh, had two all-conference players who graduated six guys and five of them, seven players at that time, went on to play professionally. One of them wow. still playing with the Clippers right now uh, with Xavier Moon. And then uh, that spring, you know, went through the full interview process with our administration here and got the job full time. And so it was a it was a whirlwind, you know, all of that. But, um, you know, I, 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 when you get an opportunity to run your own program, uh, it's it's really special, you know, to get to do that. And you know, for me to be able to do it here in the mountains, you know, here in Moorhead in Eastern Kentucky is, is really special to me because that's a mission 
of ours, you know, you go into uh, going to Dallas Lloyd, you know, you make that commitment, that promise that you're going to serve the mountains and uh, get to do it here as a division one basketball coach. So it's a lot of fun. When you send out your uh, letters, do you miss uh, the the letter G on purpose just for old Alice Lloyd and remembering her and all the stories we hear on that? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you don't understand. Uh, at Alice Lloyd, you take leadership 101, where it's the history of Caney Creek and everything. It's, I bet you we probably heard it a thousand times in year one about, oh, my wife, here he is. It was letter E, not G. She, oh. <laughs> the big story. You don't even remember your own story, man. That's not good. <laughs> well, she didn't have a typewriter, or the, her typewriter that she sent out everything didn't have a working letter, and she always had to just skip it. But anyways, so. Well, just just so you know, I had your back right there. Whether it was an E or a G, I was going with either one. Who cares? Okay. It's the details, Because I, right? I, 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 I couldn't remember, but I'm going okay. with it. Kristen probably took notes. She yeah, she probably took my notes just to be honest. Now she's she's got to look it up. I hope it's the letter G, and I was right. You will never let her leave this down if she's absolutely. Wrong. I will like record this and send it to her every day. Uh, we got a comment from Caleb who goes to Alice uh, Alice Lloyd to uh, Morehead. Mark, you read it. That's way too long for me. I'm Coach P, how does it feel seeing former players being able to take a step up and move into the SEC to better their career and give themselves a chance to continue their career professionally? He said he's specifically talking about Johnny and Taylon Harp Cooper. Yeah, well, uh, Janai uh, Broom, he's actually playing in the living room right now against Auburn, and my family's in there watching the game. And um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a it's great. You know, obviously we uh, you know we found those guys and recruited them and developed them, and, and um, you know, love the time that we had coaching them. But um, you know, they had opportunities to to be able to move on, and that's just the the landscape of college basketball that we're in right now and um you know we we're still going to support those guys you know uh we still treat them like family and still talk to their families and have great relationships with them and we're their biggest fans even though they're just wearing a different color jersey and so uh you know it's 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 rewarding you know janai's arguably one of the top three players in the in the sec the best conference in all of college basketball right now and um you know he played two years right here with us and um, you know, so we're, we're really proud of them and we stay in touch with all those guys. Same thing with Talon. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a, that's a part of uh, college basketball now. And, um, you know, for us, it's, it's nice, you know, obviously you watch a, an Auburn game or a, a South Carolina game, you know, our, our name Morehead state's going to get mentioned a couple of times on every broadcast, every time those guys do well. And that just brings more notoriety here, but that's just kind of where college basketball is right now. And, um, you know, our staff did a really good job with those guys, just like we've done with a number of different players, finding value, you know, in recruits that other people don't see. And um, obviously working really hard to develop them and get them to a point. And sometimes that point means they move on. Uh, then we're going to continue to support them. But it's uh, it's it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. We'd obviously love to have them here. You know, people always say, imagine how good your team would be if you were able to hang on to all those guys. We try not to think about that part. You know, we try to focus on what we got right now and support those guys wherever they are. Well, well uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. I've asked all kinds of questions. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, th I think that's one of the things. Yeah, it's hard seeing them go to another team, but you love them. You want to see them succeed. I mean, it's just like anything else in life. You care. You got to care about the people first. And it just, I think that's what sets people apart as being like you doing what you do. You know, I can tell you have a genuine love for your team. You have a genuine love for your players. And you just want to see them be, be successful in all aspects. Just say, yeah, like, he's an educator at heart. Yeah. Well, no, you you know, you're exactly right. And, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, we you, basketball is just a tool, you know, for us to see these guys become men. And I always say it all the time, you know, the game of basketball is the greatest teacher of life. And we tell that to our players and we try to, you know, implement that in everything that we do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. All my staff um, are, are faithful men as well. And we pass that along to our to our players as best we can. You know, more state to state university. So it's not necessarily the, the mission of our school, but it's very much the mission of our, our our basketball staff to see these guys, you know, become great fathers, become great husbands. We're not going to rip away that uh, that that vision and that promise to them just because they transfer and play somewhere else. That's awesome. Now, on a recruiting side of that, do you actually think that helps you all a little bit to say, you know, yes, it hurt us that they went on to play in the SEC, but hey, we got the guys who wasn't being looked at in any. D1 up to that or the SEC, the top five programs, and we're able to mold them into our program and get them recruited even more. Is that a pitch that you all use? Yeah, well, you know, it's part of the it's part of this of the you know the story. You know, when you're talking about players, you know, if we're recruiting a big guy, obviously uh, we're going to talk about the success that Janai had here and the development that we had with him, and then obviously the success he's having right now. Um, you know, I think when you're recruiting at our level, two questions always come up with parents is, you know, hey, if my son comes there and he's as good as we believe he is, um, you know, what what's next? What's going to happen? And we always say, hey, look, you know, if, if that happens, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what's best for your son. We're not going to talk about what's best for Coach P. We're not going to talk about what's best for, for Moorhead State. And sometimes what's best for your son is, is staying here. And that's what happened with Janai. That's why he came back for an extra year here. Uh, because it was best for him. And obviously that, you know, set him up to, to have the success he's having right now. Um, but, you know, it's a case-by-case case thing. And uh, But we're not going to go in and say, hey, come here and play for a year, play for two years, and then we'll get you to the SEC. I'm not going to devalue our community and our, and our program and our, our school with that right there. But at the same time, um, you know, we're going to help kids chase their dreams and uh, help them do that, you know. And so that question comes up, and uh, that's exactly how we handle it. All right, so with the conference play that you all got going on right now, got to bring up the stats here before I nine I and one, nine and one in the uh, Ohio one. Valley, and I clicked on the upcoming eighteen games. and five overall. There we go, eighteen and five overall, ten and zero at home. How valuable is that playing at home in uh, in Morehead State? Yeah, it's been it's been great. I think we actually have the. Uh, third highest winning percentage in the last uh, five years um, at home of, of, in the nation. And so, um, you know, it's been great. You know, anytime you play at home, there's always a, a great opportunity to, to play with a little bit more confidence. We've got a great fan base and uh, great community members and students come out and support. Um, and so we're excited. You know, tomorrow night we've got a big game, uh, 9 p.m. That's going to be a late tip on uh, ESPNU. And um, so I think we're going to have a, a big showing up, you know, of our fans and hopefully get to put all that on display on, on national television tomorrow night. And if I'm not mistaken, it's against the only team you've lost to in conference, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We played them. Yeah. Played them a few weeks ago. It was also also a nationally televised game at their place. It was an early game. It was a noon game, noon tip Eastern. And, um, you know, it was uh, we didn't play very well. And so uh, we, we, our guys have a bad taste in their mouth. They've been having to look at that film all week uh, from a couple of weeks ago against that only loss that we've got. So they're, they're going to be excited. They're going to come hooked up and be ready to play. We just had another comment pop up. Greg Coldiron said, I got to say, hey, coach. 
<laughs> yeah, Coach Coach Cold Iron, man, one of my guys there. You know, when I used to work uh, basketball camps in the summers when I was in college at Alice Floyd, I worked them all over the place and got to know Coach Cold Iron working uh, Kentucky camps back in that at that time. So he's he's a good one. He played here at Morehead State. Okay. I still see him quite often. He's he's at the high school about every day subbing. So yeah. well, I was going to say, is that the Cold Iron here from Harlan? Yeah, it's it, oh, okay. Right. Okay, awesome. That's a uh, Mark. I didn't know this, but Scott Sherman he went to Morehead State. I talked with him today at Monticello Banking about our upcoming event there. Thing he's like, oh, so you got Coach P on? I'm like, yeah, he's like, uh, go Eagles and all this stuff. So you know, you were talking about the community and everything. And then he went on to say, I didn't realize this, but Kyle Macy coached at Morehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was here. Yeah, he was here. Um, that was a while ago. He was he was four four coaches ahead of me when when okay. Kyle was here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of history with Moorhead. I mean, I know a lot of folks from this area that have been there. I mm-hmm. know uh, Carlton Hughes that was one of my college professors. He he went to Moorhead. Uh, he's a big – like, he loves the Eagles. He, you see him wearing his Moorhead stuff still today. I think his son, Noah, actually did some sports commentating up there for a while too uh, before okay. he moved on. So, uh, it's – I think everybody – I can always think back to Phil Sims played football at Moorhead. And mm-hmm. – because. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Michael. Uh, Mr. Wills always talked about he'd tape his ankles because he was an oh, athletic yeah. trainer with the team. He'd tape Phil Sims' ankles mm-hmm. for games. So, so of course, uh, tomorrow night at 9, you all are playing SIUE, correct? Yep, that's right. All right. Um, and that is Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. Uh, any – things we can be looking for on that matchup and you know like after you know when you have your media be like man you guys are great but like cat's chat was wonderful last night y'all should go check that out <laughs> but like what's what are we prepping for in this game you know uh, they do a great job uh brian brony's their head coach he's a good friend of mine and so uh, we we just had some crazy battles over the years they, they've been one of the teams in our league that uh continually gives us trouble uh, you know credit them they, they've had uh, great consistency in their roster over the past few years. They've got some some regular seniors, some fourth year guys, and some fifth year guys who have been there the entire time, which is which, as you know, is, is very uncommon uh, in today's college basketball. So they've got some great experience and continuity, great toughness. They're really good defensively, and uh, they do some things that give us trouble, just as we do some things that give them trouble. So it'll be a slugfest. You know, it's typically a lower scoring game when our two teams get together. Um, hopefully we can change that tomorrow and, and be able to put some more points on the board. But uh, it's always going to be a great matchup when our team, two teams get together. Awesome. Of course, uh, you're, what, three years out, I think we mentioned earlier, of playing in uh, March Madness in the NCAA tournament. And then, of course, you did uh, last year at NIT. Caleb's comment here, what's the experience upsetting Clemson in the NIT like? Yeah, um, you know, obviously last year, you know, we won the, the regular season championship here in the OBC. It was the first one in 39 years. Um, and then we went down at, uh, to Evansville to our uh, conference tournament and, and didn't play well. You know, we, we got upset by SEMO, who went on to win the tournament and go to the NCAA. But we got our opportunity to go to the NIT, which was a great experience. And um, in a lot of ways, the NIT field was was probably had some better teams than uh, the NCAA, because we were one of nine mid-major programs who won their regular season championship and did not win their tournament. Mm-hmm. So there was nine regular season champs just like us who were in there. And um, 
so yeah, we went down and played a really good Clemson team that probably should have been NCAA tournament. You know, they were just on the cusp of getting in and, um, you know, played really well. You know, our guys played with a lot of confidence and, uh, that was a huge win to be able to do that. And in, in some ways, it's it's even more difficult to win a game at our level in the NIT because you're not playing on a neutral court. You know, you're going to an ACC or an SEC school. So be able to do it in that environment uh, was really special for our guys and to see them just uh, how far we had come and what our growth was from the last time we had played a, a Power 5 opponent back in November and December of that year. Um, and just, you know, we didn't fare as well in those games early on, but our team can you know, gradually got better, um, more confident, and our chemistry improved throughout the year. And we got our opportunity to play a Power 5 school, and, and to win that one was pretty special, very rewarding. Well, we've got you on here for almost 30 minutes now. I'm sure you've got to go do something else, uh, prep a little bit for this. We won't keep you much longer. Uh, of course, one thing we like to do is like what we call the fourth quarter and just hit you with some like, hot seats uh, questions here, if that's cool. Sure. Yeah. Mark, I'll let you start because you know I got the list and you always take mine anyway. So I'll let you go for a couple here. Who's your favorite superhero? Ooh, favorite superhero. Um, I'm going to go Batman. Batman. Okay. Is he a superhero, though? Yes, he is. He's super rich. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying I, yes, superhero. He's a superhero. Yeah, I like it. I guess it's more important that he can do what he can because he's not really like superpower. He's just rich and can do it. So, okay. What's your favorite food? Steak. Uh, how do you like it cooked? I'm a medium rare guy. Yeah. Medium rare. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, all right. That's right. It's good, Michael. I'm telling you. What is uh, – now, since I know you play basketball, I want two answers on this one. What was your superstition in playing basketball, and do you have any superstitions as a coach? Oh man, it's funny. My my staff always says they always say coach is not superstitious. He's just a little stitious because I've got a, you know, I've got a, a few different things that I don't typically talk about them. But um, you know, I'm, I'm a routine guy, you know, and so uh, food is really important to me. It's funny you said you brought up the food question and um, superstition. So you know, game days I always eat the same stuff. You know, whether it was a as a player, I would always eat the same thing. And now as a coach, I always, you know, pretty, pretty consistent with uh, my game day routine of, you know, what, what I have from my. No, so we, you, we gotta, gotta, you can't give up a secret. Yeah, I don't want to give up a secret, but I'm, I'm pretty consistent with it. And then, the, you know, my, my game day coffees, I'm a coffee drinker. And, um, you know, I always have a coffee probably about, you know, two hours before tip time and pretty consistent with that as well. Does that make you more hateful at the refs with having that extra coffee right before game? Like, all right, let's go. No, I don't think so. I think I'd be more <laughs> hateful if I didn't have the coffee against those guys. <laughs> okay. so it's, it's, it's probably right. a good thing I've got it. Mark, go ahead. I know I know. this is a question you were probably going to ask, but mm -hmm. when you're talking about hot wings, bone-in or bone-out? I'm a bone-in guy, yeah. My, Michael doesn't like it because everyone says bone-in, but he's wanting to eat chicken nuggets, so. Yeah, there's I mean, no such thing as boneless wings. Those are just adult chicken nuggets. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going bone in. You know what? Thank you for saying adult chicken nuggets. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, next one, just kind of going with that, uh, blue cheese or ranch? No, oh, ranch all the way. I don't. I don't know who eats blue cheese. I don't. You I can't mean, trust people who eat blue cheese. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. All right. As a kid, <laughs> what was your dream job? 
Coaching. Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I knew it when I was growing up. And uh, as a kid, I wanted to be a high school coach. It was my, always my dream. I wanted to be a social studies teacher and high school coach and, and win a state championship. And once I got to college, I fell in love with the college game and, and kind of shifted my focus towards chasing that dream, but always wanted to coach. Awesome. Well, good. Congratulations on chasing so your dreams. So if coaching on. were out of the question, what other career could you see yourself doing? Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know what else I'm, I'm good at, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if there's much else I am good at. Um, um, I don't know. It's a great question. I really don't know what I'd do if I weren't coaching. If you were born to coach, that's all we need to know, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got one for you real quick here. I, of course, I got a couple more, but you got the turkey behind you. Hunting or fishing? More of a guy. I grew up, you know, fishing a lot. There we go. And, uh, my kids, we, we like we like to do some fishing here on the ponds and things like that. So I'm definitely more of a fishing type than, than hunting. Good, good. Xbox or PlayStation, if you even have time. Yeah, I was going to say neither. I've never been a gamer. Um, it's never been a, a strength of mine. You know, even when we were we were at Alice Lloyd, and everybody would play, you know, Call of Duty and and Halo and. Um, I'm partial. I'm partially uh, colorblind, so like it's it's hard for me to see certain colors, especially on a TV. So I can remember playing like Call of Duty. It, you know, it took everybody else three days to beat the game. It took me three and a half months because I could I couldn't see the guy in the bushes and all of this. And <laughs> so I'm I'm not much of a gamer, so neither, neither of them. All right, Johnny's got a question. He said, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. I'm a I'm a Diet Coke guy. That's nasty. That makes you burp too much with that stuff. Hell. <laughs> Waffles or pancakes? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to go pancakes. Pancake. You probably get enough waffles on the road in the hotels and all that stuff where you got to flip it yeah. after three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So I haven't ever asked this one before, but I kind of waffle pancakes maybe want breakfast. How do you fix your eggs? Scrambled, scrambled. Well, there's scrambled. different ways, Mark. Sunny side up, fried. You know, scrambled. It's like all of our questions have went to food. It's like... uh, world beast for a reason. All right, I'm, I'm getting hungry here. You guys are starving. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Make about. me hungry. All right, so scrambled. All right. Uh, let's see here. I'm Greatest... just curious. What's what's the farthest you guys have ever traveled for a game? Um, let's see, you know, when I was here as an assistant, we went out to Vegas, we played out at UNLV. Um, but when I was at Kentucky, you know, I I got a chance to coach the Dominican national team. We went all the way down to Argentina and coached some games down there. So that, that was really cool. All right. Um, let's see here. Trying to think of one that's not food related. Golly, he can't think of one. That's the problem. He can't think of one that's yeah. not food related. I really want some of a, a uh, egg sandwich now. Just to be honest with you. Well, Ooh, teacher, I want to ask, what was your favorite subject in school? Uh, social studies. Yeah, always <sighs> social studies and history. I always had great teachers in high school and in college, and um, always really enjoyed those. Mm. Awesome. Sorry, right. sorry, math. Math was not one of them. I couldn't. Well, I, 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 I actually, I'm not very I'm athletic. I'm certified math and social studies, so okay. I, I can okay. see that. I'm certified not either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. All right, so we asked all food. Da, 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 da. What I, you know? Tell me what's and this ain't really a hot 
question here, but tell me about what is your biggest moment in coaching and playing, if you don't care? Wow. Um, you know, in playing, I didn't have a ton. Um, actually, you know, I had a career high in 46 one time in high school um, hey. at, the, at, our, at the Dome there at, in Betsy Lane. So that was probably my biggest moment as a player. Um, you know, in coaching, I think, you know, going to the NCAA tournament, you know, winning the OBC tournament, cutting down those nets and, you know, just experiencing that was was pretty special. Um, you know, it was during COVID, so it was really different. That You know, you didn't get to quite celebrate as much. And Selection Sunday was, was a very different experience than it is now. And But it was, it was all, you know, it was really great, um, just everything that comes with that. You know, the, the great thing about – the OVC is, uh, you know, our tournament is the the very first conference tournament. And so uh, the OVC champion is the first ticket punched every year to the NCAA tournament. What's great about that is, you know, that's going to take place on uh, Saturday. That's an entire week before selection Sunday. So if you can win that championship, you get a whole week to enjoy it, not worry about anything else. You don't, you don't know who you're going to play. You don't know where you're going to go you get to really enjoy your championship for a full week. And it's a fun week. Trust me. It's a lot of fun. Well, uh, again, we're over, we're almost the 40 minutes now. Uh, Coach, appreciate you coming on here. We'll let you go. We got to talk a little uh, basketball with Kentucky sports on here. And, and But uh, good luck to you in the tournament. When you are in the NCAA this year, punch that ticket. We'll get you back on here and talk about your selection, who you're matching up with, and, and go Eagles all the way, right? Sounds great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, exactly what you said. Hopefully we're back in a few weeks talking about an NCAA tournament matchup. That'll be great. There we go. Thanks so much. Guys, y'all can catch them live at 9 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN+. Plus. Go out there support uh, on your TV, support them, uh, and cheer on Moorhead Eagles. Coach, have you a good one, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. So that was cool for me. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, one reminiscent of an old buddy back in college, oh, yeah. watching him hoop and cheering him when uh, Coach G was out there and then watching him shoot the three, watching him going on to UK, and now uh, seeing he's doing the thing up at Moorhead State University. Uh, he's a down-to-earth guy. I mean, he's a country yeah. boy that's that's followed his dream, and he's doing a thing with, the, with these young kids and teaching them how to play. I tell you, I just love the aspect where he was talking about, you know, him and his staff are men of faith and they, you know, they try yes. to pass on to these, these young athletes. They want them to grow up to be good respect. I, I think that's the most important thing in life. I think the teacher side of me kind of was like, yep, I get what you're saying. Cause that's, you know, I tell my kids all the time, even in class, like I, I don't, even if you don't come out of here knowing any math, I want you to leave being a better person. That's what I've always told them. Right. So I, I, that was a great job. I, I mean, I was glad you was able to have him on. Uh, I, I love just supporting every team in Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? And it's uh, uh, fairly local if you want to get technical. I know it's a little drive up to Moorhead State, but you guys be sure to support them tomorrow night. Uh, like I said, 9 o'clock, it'll be on the ESPNU, a big game for them. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, the Ohio Valley doesn't really get talked much about it. You know, it's got EKU in it as well. I didn't bring up my whole slide that I wanted to, but I guess we'll at least talk about it for you and I here. Like, Preston's been doing a wonderful job up there at Moorhead State. Let's see here. Yeah, bring that up. Yeah, so in the past, uh, since 2020, Moorhead State has the most winning record in the Kentucky teams. Second place is Kentucky. It's eight, They've got 86 wins, 26 losses in the time. 
uh, since 2020. Uh, let's see here. Kentucky is 74 and 42, I think it is. And of course, Western Kentucky, uh, Murray State, Eastern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, Bellamine. I can't Bellamine. remember. There we go. Thank you. And then <clears throat> Louisville and last. But we won't go into that part of it. So, I mean, I didn't want to call you out, but Jared did. EKU changed conferences, my friend. Well, he's because <laughs> he's there. But thanks, Jared. You're always there to correct us. We, we're <laughs> so thankful for you. But again, Morehead State. 86 wins over everyone is phenomenal job for them. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a bright future in coaching. I actually think he was in like a, the top uh, 25, under 25, as far as upcoming coaches back in the day. So, I mean, Preston's been doing a good job. He knows his, his, his basketball, that's for sure. I mean, he's done a wonderful job there. Hopefully his career continues on at Morehead State. Maybe he replaces <clears throat> Calipari at some point. Who knows? But uh, it'd be great to have a Kentucky guy move on up and, and – Come back to Kentucky, who you know did yeah. serve under Cal for a little bit. Love you too, Jared. Hey, Jared. Speaking of which, uh, I need you to come to Harlan on March the 9th and sell some of your cards. Let me go ahead and bring this up real quick. Switch my banner. Uh, we'll do a quick plug. But as you can see at the bottom there, March 9th at the Harlan Civic Center, we got the Kentucky Tennessee Watch Party game. Gates going to open up at 8 p.m. where we will be hosting a watch party for the Kentucky Tennessee game where we're going to have some vendors setting up, selling some sports memorabilia, some fishing tackle and possibly some uh, a hunting tackle as well. I've got a gentleman that is talking about, he may come by and sell some of his uh, custom made Turkey calls that he makes here in London. So I think that'd be kind of cool. I uh, don't have any heart. Well, at least come hang out with us, man. You know what? Come and do a YouTube channel of you opening up a box and just kind of advertise on that, man. or just come hang out with us. So you can sit with the Tennessee side while we watch the Kentucky game, and you be the devil's advocate over there because we know how you are. Well, let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off because you know he wants to talk about that UK-UT game. And that wraps up our show, guys. Y'all well, have a I great mean, night. I, I don't think anyone is really shocked with what happened. My wife I wasn't. Said. I mean – let me answer this question real quick. No, we will have chairs and tables and stuff up there. We'll have it set, but yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was really a shock to anybody. You know, I've talked about it over and over and over. Until our defense locks in, we're hurting. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's just you're going to struggle. Your your job at that point is going to have to be outscore teams. And when you get teams that come in that are, that are shooting the ball well, Tennessee did mm -hmm. shoot the ball well that night, it's going to be hard to do that, you know. It's going to be hard to win a game like that, especially. And it seems like every team – shoots well against us. It never fails. It's like if they're, they've had an off night the past three games, they'll come in and they'll right the ship as soon as they get to UK. But I'm just saying, our defense has to improve. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing. I was upset the way the Tennessee game happened and we lost. Kind of remind me of the Kentucky-Georgia game, how we thought we'd be more into it. We Here's our excuse bus coming. You know, we didn't have Wagner in the game. We didn't have who uh, Edwards didn't play that game. And so we were short-staffed or short-rostered. Uh, Kentucky was lower-ranked. Tennessee is a higher-ranked team than us for a reason. So, I mean, like, we weren't supposed to really win by rankings. We had two guys out. So, I mean, again, it's excuses. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we had so many defensive failures uh, our offense did not look very smooth. That game was just nasty to watch. It, it was it was a rough game. I'll be honest. I turned it off when we got down with so much. I was just like, I'm not watching this. Um, 
and you know, Jerry brought up a point. So Big Z hasn't been as much of an impact player as everyone kept saying. I think he's still rotating players a lot, trying to find who's going to step it up. I will say this after watching the game last night, though, against Vandy. I was impressed by two players that really stepped their game up last night. Burke. Burke I mean, he had an unbelievable game. Mm-hmm. Played Hustling. really well. Hustling. Do what? Hustling game, too. Yeah, like, just getting up and down the floor. Um, you know, I did see him get lost on defense. We all got lost on defense. That's the biggest thing I've seen an issue with this team right now is in a man-to-man set, I feel like a lot of our guys get beat off the dribble. I mean, and part of that's due to speed and part of that's due to just learning the game at that pace. But the problem is when you help on defense, you got to know when to help but not get so far away from your man that it's unattainable mm-hmm. to get back to him. And that's the thing. You can you can fluff off and help for a second, but you can't just leave your man, and that's where we get lost a lot. Um, and I think Reed has started the last couple games. So – uh, for the podcast viewers, uh, Jared asked, was it Johnny that was saying Reed should be starting yet Cal won't do it? Uh, he's only playing the players that wants to move to the NBA, move on to the NBA. Reed oh, did start, I, I've had several sure. people come in and say Reed should be starting. So. Yeah, I, I mean, heck, uh, Ed, Eddie was uh, very adamant about it. And, I mean, let's be honest, he is our most floor general player that's out there. Uh, as soon as, because of his basketball IQ. Right. I mean, as soon as Vandy threw that press on, I mean, it was like Reed just went out. They started pressing. Reed went right back in. Yeah. I mean, he does make some. I'm going to say this. speed on some passes before he knows where he's going with it at times. I think sometimes he'll drive in and penetrate too deep. It's little stuff like that. But that's stuff that can be cleaned up. And as he's learning the game at this level, I mean. I'm going to say this, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm saying it because you'll understand what I mean by this. He reminds me of me on some of the passes where, like, it's it's the perfect pass. Like, you can th- thread the needle and get it there uh, on some of those plays. Like, uh, the the dart that went to, I want to say it was Bradshaw. Perfect pass on a dime. Hit him in the hands. Went straight out of bounds. But he had to throw it 90 miles per hour to a big who was peeking around a guy. Like, yes, it hit him in the hands. And, yes, it was there. But you got to know when to pass those passes. And that's what I mean by that. Because there's many times where I'll throw a pass when they're pickup games. And it's there, and it hits someone in the head because they're not paying attention. But it's got to be some part on the ball passer's fault to know that that player's not ready for it or can handle the pass. So I, I do think Reed's got great vision. and can see the uh, great stuff like that. But he's got to know when to dial it back, too, as well. The other player I was impressed with from last night was Edwards. Edwards. I feel like Edwards has turned a corner now. And I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, but, you know, that was against Vandy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But maybe that's what it takes to spark him. I mean, right. here's what I saw a difference from last night compared to some of these games that we've lost. We spread the ball around so well last night. Like we were alley-ooping like crazy. Now, yes, it was on a weaker defense from Vandy. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is sure. that can spark you and get you going. Confidence. But you also have to clean up the little things that you're doing because if if Vandy's going to steal that pass, you better believe a Tennessee, a Gonzaga that you're getting ready to play on Saturday. These teams are going to steal those passes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And the only <laughs> thing that I have a hiccup with when it comes to Edwards and what he, what he how he's playing, uh, yeah, he had a great windmill. He missed one easy play. <clears throat> Excuse me, you gave me your cough there. 
But what worries me about him, he had a good game stat-wise and everything, but not once did he ever look happy in the game still. Like, you know, they had the big lead. They were throwing the lobs. They were kind of having a good time, got really relaxed. And Edwards still looked like he was very, I don't know, nervous, timid. I don't want to say timid because that's – I don't think a college player could ever be timid at Kentucky. But he just didn't look comfortable. I'll say that. I don't know why. Just I can see that with the body language, but I don't try to read too much into it because everybody has different personalities. He may be more of an all-business mentality when he's on the floor. And he may just be still mad at himself because he's not played up to the potential he knows he can. So it could be, but you know, I just feel like, especially after that windmill dunk that he got on the break after stealing that, like you, you got to give one smile or something, at least a smirk. Jared says personally, he thinks the biggest problem is rebounding offensively and defensively. They just look lazy. And I, I agree. We get beat on a lot of 50 50 balls, just out hustled. But. I say but, like it's being corrected. But, I mean, Calipari has told us if they're not getting on the floor, they're coming out of the game. Uh, and of course, they were all on the floor point. last night. So, hopefully everyone else that's made the comment that, you know, rebounding and all this stuff is one of our hind- hindrance, hindrance, is that a word? I don't know. Uh, downfall, Calipari is addressing it with him. So, hopefully moving forward, this is, isn't a problem. Uh, Thero, is that his name, Thero? Adu, Adu Thero. Yes, Thero. I think he needs more minutes. I think he is a huge spark as far as trying to, uh, to be that four that's a little bit – he reminds me of Poitras a little bit, you know, the, the physical physicality that he has, but yet still able to drive against anyone if he wants to. And, man, he was skying for some of those rebounds. Like, he was giving a huge effort to get the rebounds. He was getting On to the rim. Well Do what? He was getting to the rim. He was doing yes. a good job there. Yes, and I just feel like – he was making effort for the rebounds on ones that he didn't even have a chance. Those are the kind of plays that I like because you could have not hustled, but you're trying to. So I think he's earning minutes on that, in my opinion. But I don't want to chat too much longer because we are at the 50-minute. I know we ain't talking much. But just to go through some of the stats real quick from last night's game against Vanderbilt, uh, let's see here. If they could, this is from Jared again. If they could recruit another Anthony Davis, they might have a good chance to get to the Final Four. I laugh out loud. I mean, honestly, I know you. I'm, said I'm wondering why he's even rooting for Kentucky anymore. Listen, you have to have those love haters sometimes, and Jared is the love hater of Kentucky basketball. You know, those people that know more about the bad part of the team than they know of the good and just dwells on that. We love you, Jared. But, like, I actually think Big Z showed a lot of good potentials. Go Cats football, he says. Big Z, what kills me is, and I I don't know this to be fact, but this is Michael Lawson saying it. I feel like they're more physical overseas in the way they play, and it caused him to pick up some silly fouls. Yeah. You'll see him throw his body or push people, and it's like, well, you're not the star player. You're the fourth, fifth, or sixth best player, so they're going to give you that foul. And he can't get away with some of those those push-offs or the physicality that they play over there. Because there's a bunch of, like, uh, that one play, I can't remember what happened, but he kept, you know, just hitting his chest saying, my fault, my fault. I know it's different. So, Big Z sees the floor well. He's a great passer. A 7-2 to 7-1 alley-oop on that one play was beautiful to watch. I think – Big Z can move into a more sustainable role 
as long as he can stay out of foul trouble and get into the game. So uh, his potential is unlimited because, man, he can see the court. He he has court vision big time. Jared says he's always positive about Reed, Mark. <laughs> he's very positive about Calipari needing to be gone. But, oh, yeah, so let's get to the stats real quick. And like I said, we are almost 930. We're almost at an hour, and I want to talk a little bit about the Gonzaga. Not much. So Shepard had 36 minutes. He only had six points, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, plus minus of 35, though. Let's see. Reeves had 24 points, uh, 9 of 16 from field goal, 6 of 9 from the three-point line. We Edwards, shot the ball really well overall. He shot very well. We Edwards all did. Had, yeah. Edwards had 17 points, 5 of 10, and 1 of 3 from the three-point. Perfect from the line. He also had two steals. Uh, okay. Next person is Thero. He had four points on 18 minutes. But he only had four rebounds, but he was a presence for sure in there. And let's see here. Dillingham had 20 points, three rebounds, nine assists. He talked a lot about how he can catch fire quickly, and the second half he was trying to get his teammates more involved with it. I thought that's kind of a big step for him to notice or to take ownership of that. You know, I can get mine, but also got to help my kid, my, my teammates get theirs as well to get more comfortable. So it could be a big step for him moving in that direction. Bradshaw had 12 points. Burks had 13 points. And Big Z had 11 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and one block. So good game all over, 109 to 77. It's a game that you can't – I don't want to get too happy and and overwhelmed on with the way we played. But it was a great game for us to have on the road. Vandy, we usually struggle against. I think they beat us twice last year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So it's good to get that W, get back going, because you got Gonzaga coming in on Saturday for a 4 p.m. game on February 10th. It's going to be on CBS, just so you know. Uh, Darian asked, how, whoop, let me see here, how many threes did we make overall? They had 10 at half. I think we had 15. Was it 15? I think that's the last that I heard, because I know we had 10 at half. That was yeah. – and then I, I think thinking, we finished not, with 15. Seemed like the second half was more alley-oops than anything. That's true. Yep. We were 15 of 26 from the three-point line at 58%. We shot better from three than we did at from two. Uh, is there odd? Yeah, it is very odd. Yeah, the way. end zones make it so weird. We shot 55 overall and shot 58% from three. And this is a stat you won't hear much on Kentucky or at least Calipari teams. We were 100% from the free throw. We only shot 12 of 12. They shot 33, uh, 30 free throws. We won't talk about that part. And Stackhouse was still mad. Stackhouse was so mad officiating, and they shot so many free throws. Yeah, I mean, they really did. Uh, if it had been a close game, man. If we will play as physical as we did against this Vanderbilt team, if we will play as physical as we did against them, I feel like we can compete with anybody. With but anyone. I feel like sometimes when we get that competition that plays pretty physical back, we, we back it. down. We quit rebounding. We quit going after the hustle plays, and that's that's a problem. Okay, so uh, Gonzaga, 4 p.m. Saturday on season record. Of course, we're 16-6. and six. They're also 16-6. and six. Uh, Let's see here. It is at – no, it's a neutral side, ain't it? I think so. I think it's a neutral side. Could be a fun game. Should be a fun game. Uh, I know on the road, which again, it's a neutral site, but on the road, Gonzaga is shooting like 20 points less than what they usually score at home. And who would have thought that Jared would say 
Gonzaga by 11 points. Wow. Dude, why is – Why with that face, bro? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's because they shot 100%. Calipari's teams usually don't shoot 100% from free throw. All right, so points per game. Gonzaga's usually averaging 84 points. We're averaging 89 uh, points differential, we're winning games by 11 points. We're winning by 16, so they're better on the spread. But assists per game, we're at 18. They're at 15 per game. Steals per game, 7.8 for us, 7.5 for them. Blocks per game, we average six blocks per game. Wow. And they average 3.8 blocks. Rebounding, we're neck and neck, 35 and 37, but I also feel like our rebounding is climbing up more. I feel like that's been I'll, less than the games prior. I'll say this. If – if we play the way I know we can play, I think we beat the Zags by double digits. Yes. If we come in playing timid let, and we're getting out hustled, we'll be lucky to be in the game. I'm going to say this. Guys, I have never bought into the Gonzaga story. They're always a great season team, but their conference. Well, they're not even ranked right now. They're not? No. They're not ranked. But the whole purpose of this game is because Gonzaga has been, uh, for the past decade, a good team. I just – I feel like we win this game. I feel like we win it by 12 or more. It's a neutral side. I think after this game we got a little more comfortable. And, two, if we can jump out, I think we put it on cruise control. But when it's close and we got to fight back, we get we tense up a little bit, and I think we struggle. But – I'm going to say Kentucky 89, Gonzaga 84. There we go. Wait, That's no, pretty safe considering Kentucky averages 89 points a game and the Zags average 85. Maybe that's why. No, I'm saying 74 is what I meant. 89 and 74. So you're saying a 15-point win. I'm going to go 14-15, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, like I said, it depends on which Kentucky team shows up. If we play defense – I said I think we beat them by double digits. Mm-hmm. If if we just try to trade baskets with them, I think it'll be a back and forth game and be close. Yeah. Did uh, you see Calipari's we, comments after last night's games? I did not. What did he say? He said, "No one will steal my joy because I got a good team and a good bunch of kids. They're for each other, so you're not stealing my joy. Say I'm the worst in America ever." Okay, I agree. Can we move on now? <laughs> Sounds like that's a comment for all the Jareds of the world. <laughs> he said Gonzaga is the Notre Dame of college basketball. And a huge contract. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Calipari's last five years have not been the best. They've not. They've not. Uh, and I'm not saying he's the best coach in the world. I'm just saying I can't blame him for everything going on right now. Oh, he's head coach. Got to. My thing is, and I'm I'm to the point now where if we're not winning championships and we're not having guys coming back for a couple years, we need to be a G League team because that's what we basically are. Put us in the G League where they play with us one year and then they go on to the NBA and, and do a transition. It's like a farm team. Here's, here's what – Here's my only thing about Calipari, and when we're losing, it hits harder. When Calipari's there, we don't – it's almost not about Kentucky. It's about the players and moving on. Like, he could do this at any other school. So, 
it's it's me scratch your back, but my back gets left alone. You know, uh, we're paying you to be here to get these recruits to come and win and so they can succeed on, and we're great with that. But right now, nothing is really showing anything for us. That's my only problem. Like, it's got to be you scratch my back, I scratch yours. But right now, it's Calipari is getting the glory for all the players in the NBA. That does nothing for Kentucky Wildcats. So that's my only problem I'm, I'm having right now. And when we lose, it boils up more. Uh, let's hear it. But what is oh, – I'm sorry. But for what he gets paid – you would think he would produce better. I agree. I mean, he, he's he got seven players in the NBA All-Star game. So he's getting the players. It's just there's so many good players, it's hard for them to max out on our team. You know, we had Booker coming off the bench. We had uh, Quickly coming off the bench. I think Maxie was coming off the bench, too. That's what he's been trying to say. Jared, we agree and we understand. It's just – we're trying to be on the positive side of that. And all it takes is one win of a championship, and it's all a race for another five or six years. So hopefully we can keep it together <laughs> because this team is special. We this have team. talent. We do. Yes. Yes, we do. We got talent. How about How you? about you? Guys, we're one minute over an hour. I enjoyed talking with Coach P up at Moorhead State University. And I'm glad he came on the show. Wish them all the best of luck. Hopefully they can punch that ticket in to the NCAA. We can have him back on the show uh, to talk about his matchup and see how it all goes. I've uh, got a couple more comments. I'll bring it in real quick so everybody can see it. I, I checked out when we took a knee during the national anthem. I, I understand that totally. I didn't a like lot it of all. players uh, or a lot of people did jump off the Kentucky team or a, a fan during that time. They only did it once. And I think they kind of learned after that once how much disrespect or how much backlash it could happen from that. So uh, they're 18, 19-year-old kids. And, again, they did it once. And I think they said, whoa, we we may be looking at this wrong. 253 cats with the Kentucky basketball winning, of course. Johnny coming in with a great score there. That would be amazing. Uh, but let's go ahead and wrap this show up, Mark. How can people find you on social medias? You can find me on Twitter or X at mlawson15. You can find me on Instagram, Big Daddy Lawson, and on Facebook at Mark Lawson. Awesome. You can find me pretty much mdlawson00 at all social media platforms. You can follow us by this link here. It has them all there. It's a link tree slash catch chat pod. Should get you our YouTube, our Facebook, or Instagram our uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, and the whole nine yards of that. Also, the podcast as well. Please go and subscribe to all that stuff. Like, put on that notification. And we do appreciate you guys tuning in to our show. Uh, I guess Jared's putting his PS, PS5 on here. Uh, go go follow his gamer tag, I guess, and, and, and hey, play with him. I'm still playing Call of Duty, Jared. But he's on PS5, not Xbox. So you can you can play cross-platform. On oh, Call of Duty? Okay. Yeah. All right, that works. But, guys, as always, how we like to end the show, there's three things that are most important in life. Number one is to love God. Number two, love others. And number three, love Kentucky sports. God bless.